It's the Mike Calvin Show. It's 1025 The Bone. 727-579-1025 or 800-771-1025 are the phone numbers. Uh, we'll be able to uh, take your phone calls here as we are live, but Calvin is back in the studio with Isaiah and keep it down, Carmen. I'm right here. Oh, I was just trying to I'm not sleeping. Anymore. I fell asleep for five minutes. Yeah, at I, your job. Yeah. During the during the job, in front of hundreds of thousands of people. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry. I, I don't know. I'm sorry. I I love that I love that you're making it like we're being dicks because you fell asleep. I'm not. I just there's nothing else I can say. I'm sorry. But you didn't say you're sorry. You, like, fought it for a while. And then you, you, were, asked, unaware, you were unaware you asked, of how long you were sleeping. You asked me questions and I answered. Carmen. What Wrong. If, Carmen, what if your Uber driver fell asleep for five minutes? <laughs> I mean, I'm assuming a lot of Uber drivers take naps when takes, they're waiting for... Not while they're driving. Yeah. Not while they're driving, but yeah. like you were, when you were driving. I was not driving. I don't drive news. It's news with Galvin. It literally has his name in it, not mine. Right. <laughs> I, I, I okay. Sorry. Okay. What about this? Uh, do a lot of wide receivers take naps <laughs> during the game during a play? I mean, they don't have the ball. The quarterback has the ball. It's true. But I mean, maybe when they're on defense and they need a little wide receivers don't play defense. Exactly. So, they're on the <laughs> so wide receivers on the sideline when defense is on the field, they might take a little doozy. Because, hey, <laughs> doozy. Uh-huh. They got. They got a. She's got a point. Make... It's been widely known that wide receivers take doozies yeah. during the game. What about an air traffic controller? Air traffic controller isn't in charge of the plane. They're not flying the plane. How about that third yeah. co-pilot? Yeah. Take What's he doing? Probably could take a nap during the show. You think it's acceptable I, if the pilot turned around and the other co-pilot was sleeping? What about Secretary I, Secretary of State? Take a little nap? I don't think it's acceptable. Like, I'm, I, all I did, I, I fell asleep. I apologize for my actions. If you want to fire me, then I guess that's the other recourse. Seems a little extreme. Jumping straight well, to firing. Well, They're going to make well, us go I, back to the studio. Yeah. They are. I mean, I have to go in the second I get my second negative test, which I go get tested this Friday. Mm-hmm. The second I get my negative test, I have to go back in studio. Do you think you're going to make it to the test or you're going to fall asleep before you get there? <laughs> I mean. <laughs> does, anybody think, does anybody think this is a ruse? Like she's setting it up where I'm sick. I got uh-huh. tested. I can't get tested now. <laughs> I'm not. I already said I'm not sick like that. I'm just sick in my lady bit. Oh, I do not. I do, oh. not, fe- I do not feel good. My- I'm sick. I'm sick. I'm sick in my lady bit. <laughs> yeah. Like I. Fe- I feel like straight up ass right now. Mm. Uh, we should take a nap. I will once the show is over. Oh, mm. that's a good idea. Uh, I you have to do. You, she has to do five extra minutes today because she slept. <laughs> <laughs> you have to host the after show by yourself. Well, we don't have the capability of doing that. No, we okay. certainly do. Yeah, oh, we yeah. do. I'll just leave your mic open here, and you'll be ready to go. Okay. okay. Spanish, don't you do it now? Yeah, I do. Yeah. 
I can't hear the music. I can't hear us coming back from break. Literally, the only t- time I can tell that we're coming back is when I hear Mike start talking. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I could but, make it to where you could hear the music, but then you guys would be looping and feedback. So right. that's the reason we don't do that. I uh, successfully gave blood on Friday. Oh, yeah? Finally. How'd it go? Was everybody pleasant? Or do they? was this a surly nurse and a, a person that looked at you and was like, yeah, what do you want? I will tell you the pleasant factor was up. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Not to the fully where it needs to be, but it was up there. So they wouldn't let my wife and I in there with my daughter. So my wife had to go first, and I had to go in. So I go in, and I, I don't know. There was a couple of funny things that weren't that funny to tell you now, but I do want to tell you about this one thing. The girl who was taking my blood while I was getting checked in, she came over and she looked at me and she goes, I really like your tattoos. Now, she had a couple of tattoos, too, so I was like, oh, thank you. And then um, they give you the questionnaire. A little part of you thought you were going to make out in the bus, though, right? No, 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 oh, no, okay. not not in this situation. All right. Not, part of me thought that she would. Don't get me wrong. My uh, ego right away was like, I get her. <laughs> um, but the... Uh, so you have to fill out the questionnaire, which includes your height and weight, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm on a diet, and I'm weighing myself all the time, so I know exactly how much I weigh. So I write it down, and I, I you know, fill out all the information. And we come over, and the girl is putting the uh, the stuff on my arm, not the needle leave yet, but just to get it like all ready to go. Right. And she leans in with her mask on, and she goes... Uh, she says something to me, and I was like, what? And she goes, your weight. And I go, yeah. And she goes, you don't look like you weigh. And I go, I don't look like I weigh. And she goes, you do, like I saw your weight on your sheet. She's like, I hope you don't mind me telling you, but you don't look. I guess it's because you're tall. So I think she was trying to give me a compliment, mm-hmm. but she was trying to basically say you don't look as fat as you really are. <laughs> right, right. But, but I think she was being complimentary. Right. So like you carry I, yeah. it well. One of those kind of Right. Things. She's yeah. like, I think it's because you're so tall. And I was like, well, don't make excuses for it. Just I would have said it's mostly in my pants. <laughs> <laughs> but as she said, I was Speaking like, of blood flow, guess what's happening? <laughs> but I successfully gave the blood, Galvin. Yeah? Yep. They took it all from me, and I was lightheaded for the next two hours. Now, do you find out if you have the antibodies? I do. I should find out today. Find out today? Maybe, maybe tomorrow. I mean, all it right. takes two business days, so. That's exciting. Uh, let's take some phone calls. Nancy, good morning. You're on the Mike Calder oh, Show. Oh, gotta Come on. You can't what? just roll it off like that. Give me a second. All right. Here's Nancy. Hi, Nancy. How are you? Hi. I'm good. I, you're the first um, person that I've heard talk about Yellowstone. I love that show, and I wondered what you thought of it. Well, I'm only up to episode three, but uh, as you can attest, each episode, I feel like I'm each one's like a movie. You know what I mean? It's so much going on. Right. They're so long. And uh, so far, I love it. It's a little bit, it's a little bit ridiculous with the amount of murder that they get away with. But uh, it's so far, it's yeah. been great. Like I, I heard, season two is even better. Yeah. So you're just what are you on season one, or what are you doing? Season one, episode three. Okay. Well, you, yeah. It. You're gonna. I love this show. It's like my favorite thing to watch. So. Yeah, I it's. Just what you were thinking about it? I love it so far, and I've always loved Kevin Costner, and he's great when we have him on the show. So it's good to get to see him be kind of like a, like a not a bad guy, but kind of like a almost a bad guy for once. Borderline guy. Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I love him, and I think he's that's a great part for him. So. Wait till you wait till you see. Wait till you get into this season. You're gonna you're gonna love it even more. So, now, where where do you watch this show? Do you watch you're watching it live as it happens? I'm watching it on Paramount, but I get up early, 
so I can't stay up that late, even though it's only 9 o'clock, but still right. I can't. So I've been watching it, like, Monday morning. This morning I watched it. Uh, I watched it at, like, they switch. They run the new episode at 2 o'clock one week, and then the old episode at 3 o'clock then right after it. But then they switch it around, and then the next thing you know, you're watching... You can watch the new episode at three o'clock in the morning. So I'm I'm watching it at two or three o'clock in the morning. I got to yeah. tell you, if Carmen wasn't asleep by now, she is. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Nancy. I appreciate the call. Uh, by the way, we have somebody on the hotline who has their own intro music. I'm going to play that for you. Oh, now. I forgot about this. I like that. Oh, but uh, Justin, how are you, pal? I'm good. So I'm just just to confirm. Sometimes at two o'clock is right. the new episode. Right. right. Then, I just want to know what network she was watching. Other it on. times three. Uh, I looked it up, Mike. It is actually originally on Paramount Network, so that's the uh, network that it's on. I love that Justin. Yeah. Justin was the uh, executive producer and head writer for the Late Show with David Letterman. When we were on in afternoons. He and his brother would call us every day before we ended the show. Mm-hmm. And now they don't work and can't hear from either one of them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, uh, uh, well, two things. One, I don't think I have anything interesting to say anymore <laughs> after I left Letterman. Everything kind of got quiet. Um, and then two, uh, generally, also, I'm, uh, I'm not up this early. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you. What time do you yeah. get? What, what are you doing? What's a day in your life like now? Um, well, right, literally right before the pandemic, my brother and I, uh, we were in LA pitching a new show that we had been developing for like a solid year. And then, and we went out and pitched it and then we come home and then everything shut down for three months. Mm. So, uh, you know, then slowly we started trying to like repitch this thing on zoom, but like nobody knows, like, like people are going to need content, but Nobody knows when they're going to be shooting stuff or doing stuff anymore. So we're just like Eric and I, my brother Eric and I will, uh, we work out, we have a bunch of new pitches ready to go. We're waiting on these other pitches. So I'm like, my kids, they don't have camp, they don't have anything. So I have to like run around and chit and like watch these kids. So uh, what? long story short, I sleep as late as I can, yeah. <laughs> and then I and then I quietly drink the rest of the day. <laughs> that's, that's why this is my day. Uh, well, uh, Justin, back in the day, uh, was legit real friends with Regis. How do you even get to develop a relationship with Regis? Well, we when uh, when I was a writer at Letterman um, for a while, a lot of stuff that uh, we had to shoot with him, I was just either the writer assigned to it or it was my script. Um, and I worked with him for a long time, for years and years and years. And then one day we were talking, and he he uh, he was telling me a bunch of stuff, and we realized we, we live right down the road from each other. So then he was like, you know, uh, Justin, we have to go to dinner. I'm like, okay. And, and that just sounds like one of those things that will never happen. And then sure enough, like two days later, he's like, it wants a time and this and that. And there were, when my kids were really little, I would, they would get up early on uh, Sunday mornings to watch TV, and I would get a call. I'd be like watching my kids, and uh, I'd answer the phone, and he'd be like, what are you doing? And I'm like, <laughs> I, 
play. I'm coming over. And I'm like, okay. And, and Regis would just come to your house. Yeah. My mom, I, I, yeah, like, I, my mom still is like, that's the only thing I've done that would make my mom proud. That, <laughs> uh, impressed with me is that Regis shows up. Yeah, so Regis would show up, uh, and we'd sit there, and we'd watch TV, and the kids would do whatever they're going to do. And uh, there was a supermarket that was located between our two houses. And uh, and halfway through, like after about an hour or two sitting there, he'd say, uh, uh, Joy gave me a list of things to get in the, the supermarket, and I don't know what it is. Uh, I'll be right back. So he got in his car, he left, he went shopping, he came back, he showed me the list uh, that Joy gave him, he showed me the food in his car, and he asked me if, if he got the right stuff. <laughs> and I was like, well, he, like, yeah, that that's fine. This one, that, that's not what you want. And he's like, oh, God. All right, all right, I'll leave any left. <laughs> Excuse me. And that was it. And that was it. That was my Sunday with him. You were the You were the grocery checker. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, but we would, dude, he did, I would go to dinner with him like once a month. It would be Regis, uh, Joy, my wife, Lara, myself. And, uh, he would, we would always start at his house. So he would say, you know, show up my house at seven and we'd go to his house and you have like, it was like, it was like old school Hollywood. You have cocktails. He comes down to this too. Joy comes down. And then we would like sit. Uh, on the couch, and he he would want to show me videotapes of Dean Martin, the <laughs> Dean Martin show. Why? He he was obsessed with Dean Martin. He loved Dean Martin. He thought he was a genius. Um, and he would show me like these old tapes. Now, when Regis hosted the morning show, his wife obviously Joy would uh, come in and guest host with him every once in a while, and you would hear them bicker. You would hear them kind of argue about this and that. So we just would be like, uh, all right, I just put a new video. I, I want to share this new videotape of Dean Martin that I got. And he put it in and he play. He's like, Joy, it's not working. Did you press input? Yes, I pressed input. Did you do this? Yes. And that's what I'm doing. Oh, God, I don't know what I'm doing. And then and then we just bigger back and forth. And it was like watching an interactive play. It was like watching like a Tony and Tina's wedding. Just watch them. And then um, he would, uh, he would, Finally, get it working. He'd show me all this old Dean Martin stuff. He'd show me uh, uh, some Joey Bishop stuff. And then it's like, all right, now we're going to dinner. It's like, okay, we go to dinner. And he did like this move. This is like, this is show business. This is how cool the man was. Uh, I would always try to pay. Somehow I never did or rarely did. But like we'd be eating, we'd be talking, uh, whatever. And then I would see him put something under the plate, which I guess was cash. And then he'd say, okay, we're going. So he just left cash under the plate. That's it. And I don't know if that's a tip or if that's the pl- if that's paying for the meal, but there was no check ever given, and he just said, we're going, and we get up and leave. Do you like, think, this, maybe, this, what if you find out that Regis, like the restaurant never wanted to break it to Regis because he's so sweet, but they're like, Regis, give us $30 again. He's walked out on every bill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I walked out of every bell. Uh, he was he was honest to God, honest to God, the nicest guy in the world. He was the nicest guy in the world. He was hilarious. Um, he was he was he was kind. He was like, dude, he's like old school. Like a lot of the, the famous people now are famous for doing one thing or whatever. He could do anything. Oh, he, he could work I mean- a room and make. Yeah, he he. I mean, I would. I remember when I was a kid, Regis was on 
with Kathy Lee, and Regis is like, all right, we're going to be on tour. And I looked at my mother, and I go, on tour? What do they do on tour? Like, they're not taking the talk show on tour. What she goes, no, he sings. I go, what do yeah. you mean he sings? And he would, and him yeah. and Kathy Lee would go out, and they would sing songs, and that's crazy. Yeah. Dude, he, uh, for, for a little while, I guess for a long time, he was touring with Susan Lucci. And, yeah. um, and they would go out, and they would do, like, I guess they, they each did half the show, and then I think at the end, they, I, I don't, I, I don't really remember what they did. But he was doing some celebration or something. And there were like guest stars there, and people recorded messages, and it was, it was, um, I think it was at like uh, Mohegan Sun Casino, and he said uh, he wanted me to come out and tell jokes, and uh, and I told him I'm not a comedian. I'm deaf. I'm I can write jokes. I'm not a comedian. And um, it might have been a birthday uh, celebration for him that, that was put together. And uh, I was, he's like, come on, please. It'll be fine. It'll be funny. Don't worry. I'll be out, out on stage. You have nothing to worry about. And I'm like, but you don't understand. That, that's like, yeah. to me and saying, I just, want, I just want you to do brain surgery. Don't worry. I'm <laughs> yeah. right there. Um, so I, I, I was like, all right. And they gave me like some room at the hotel and I got there with my jokes, and I sat there memorizing them, and I just, whatever was on my big, fat body, I sweat through while I was sitting there. <laughs> you, uh, so you did it, huh? I did it. I got out on stage. I was backstage, and, like, Cake Boss went out and did something, and people were sending in recorded messages. There were, like, all these, like, like odd celebrities. that I, So I was writing jokes based on whatever they said or they did, so I had new stuff based out there, and... uh I, I, all I remember is, like, it was fine. All I remember is, though, is that Larry King sent in uh, a recorded message. He couldn't be there. He was supposed to be there. He couldn't be there. And I was telling a lot of jokes, and, and everything was going fine. And I made some sort of joke uh, comparing how he looked to the Phantom of the Opera that he was off, you know, <laughs> uh, haunting an, an opera hall somewhere. That did not get a laugh <laughs> from anybody. <laughs> everything else was playing. Everything else was fine. And I did that. And it was literally like in the movies. You hear one guy in the back go, <laughs> like there was nothing else. It was, yeah. and, but Regis completely bailed me out. He made some joke about uh, how that joke was uh, it was not good. And, and everyone laughed and everything got that. He was a pro. He was the best. Wow, that's so funny. So, so... Justin's wife years ago had her uh, birthday party, and I was invited up to the birthday party. So I went up there, and I'm in a I'm in a really nice place, and I'm at a table, and next to me is it's it's my wife, me, Eric's wife, and then Regis and his wife. And I got to tell you, Regis annoyed me the whole night. He wouldn't leave me alone. He did. He loved you in the he best way you. ever. In the best way ever. So he, no matter what would happen at the table. Somebody would say something, and he'd turn around and he'd go, "What about that cowhead? Did you know about that?" <laughs> the whole night long, and, and then and then uh, I think it was Justin told him that uh, it was when that Spider-Man play had come out, and remember the Spider-Man play on Broadway, and right. Spider-Man kept falling. Well, I took Joey to go see it, and uh, Regis was like, "The Spider-Man, they can't get it together." And Eric was, or Justin and Eric were like, uh, Khaled saw it like, Khaled, you saw it. Give me all the details. <laughs> yelling at me the whole night. Then the, my favorite part, and I hope, I don't, I wonder if you have this on video. I don't even know, but Regis went up and sang a song to your wife and, and he made a speech and I became the focus of the speech. 
Yeah. Fuck. Yep. All of a sudden, it, all of a sudden, it was it was uh, uh, Lara's birthday and celebrating the life of Cowhead. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, Larry, you mean so much to so many people. Cowhead came all the way up here from Florida just to be here for the day. You know, if Cowhead came here, this has got to be spectacular. Oh, dude, it was great. It was hilarious. He was just. Uh, he really. He was wonderful. Dude, when he would, whenever he would come on Letterman, like Dave, um, there was always a, a focus on the show. Like I, we'd have a, like a, a meeting in Dave's dressing room half an hour before the show, and we'd go through stuff. We'd always have to have stuff like back up in case something isn't playing for whatever reason or something. So we'd be going through. Dave loved Regis, mm-hmm. loved the guy, and thought he was like the best guest. And whenever Regis would come on and we'd be in this meeting or figuring out stuff, Dave's feeling was always, well, no matter what, we have nothing to worry about because Regis is here. <laughs> so no ma- even if everything else falls apart, when he when Regis comes out, everything will be fine. Uh-huh. And he was right. Every time he came out, no matter what was going on, uh, like you, if the show was running, like if Dave wanted to keep Regis out longer, it's not like Dave stuck to the questions with Regis. They would just right. talk right. and and just do whatever they whatever they wanted to do. And it was it was the it was the best. He really was the best. Do you know that Regis and I sang together? Calvin, do you where have that? Do you was have that? I'll play it for you right now. I do have it. Yeah, hang on. Let me pull that up. It's, it's F cut F. Yep. Here is uh, here is Mike and Regis singing together. It's a little Frank Sinatra song or something. Little Louis Prima. What do you? Sing me one, what, uh, Give me a good song. Fly me to the moon. Fly me to the moon. Let me. You're supposed to come in a little bit, Regis. Let me play among the stars. Oh, see, we could do this, man. Yeah. We can absolutely do this. Just like on Jupiter, Jupiter and Mars. Mars. You know, I sang with David Letterman the other night on the show. I, I absolutely did. Two, two, uh, two of my great uh, broadcast heroes, uh, David Letterman and Regis Philbin. I hope I have a quarter of the career that uh, that you have had. You will, Karen. You're a giant in tap. <laughs> <laughs> He's the absolute best. Uh, uh, oh what, my God. what is the one? Play the one, Galvin, where he's talk, talking about hanging out with Oprah. Because Jesse, remember, I had an idea for a show where I wanted to be, call my friend yeah. Regis, where it was just me and Regis yep. would go and do stuff together. Uh, yeah. This is the one where he says he's going to hang out with Oprah because he was leaving, and you said Oprah's leaving as well. Here yeah. it is. And now I'm I'm a New York kid, so I grew up watching you. Oh, did you really? Yeah, I grew up in Staten Island, so I mean, I mean, I mean, you've been on the TV to me as long as you know Johnny Carson was on TV. So when you, well, yeah, 1983 was yeah. when I started. And when you leave, that's going to be like the same void that uh, that that Johnny had. That, what the, you go and Oprah going, the whole TV world's We're all changing. Together, Oprah and I are going to hang out. <laughs> 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 uh, uh, you think it was better for them because uh, we just kind of got pushed out. You think it was better for that show to push him out? Well, because because Michael Strahan came in and it ended up being huge. Well, I, don't, I, I honestly have no idea uh, if they pushed him out or not. But all I know is that any show with Regis was better than any show without Regis. I, yeah. I don't know why. Um, I mean, if he left on his own. Uh, I'm sure he had his reasons, but I don't know why anybody would not want to have Regis uh, on his show. I'd like I'd like just sit next to him and talk to him. My life was better for that moment. Then I'd go home to to my crappy life where everybody would yell at me and throw things at me. <laughs> <laughs> so my life was better for like just the two hours I'd be with him. Regis and Howard are the two people that brought the producer into your life. Like like usually a producer's a behind the scene guy. Right. And Howard brought in Baba Booey 
uh, and then um, Gelman. Mm-hmm. I mean, Reeders was yelling at Gelman since Gelman was like 17. You grew up knowing who, who yeah. that guy was, even though you don't even know what he did until you were older. I know. Well, Re- again, Regis, that whole first half of his show where he's just talking about what's in the news, the host chat, and, and he's talking about whatever he did last night. I mean, he had story after story he would tell, and then it was very smart of him to talk to Gelman and other people because that gave him something to react to. He could react. If someone had an amazing story, he, then he could add to it or he could make a joke. If that story was terrible, all he had to do was look in the camera and everybody would laugh. Yeah, that yeah. one deadpan look is. Oh my God! They had a yeah, uh, really, I, they had a clip of him with uh, Kathy, and he was saying something about it was something that was a big deal, and he went on for a little while, and then uh, she just goes, "Okay," and he goes, twenty three years." Okay, that's all you got. Twenty three years we've been working together. He goes, "I tell yeah. you, I'm pouring my heart out," and he goes, and she says, "Okay." Yeah. I love that Regis went on in nineteen eighty three. He had all his accomplishments, and the only thing Joe could show is the one clip over and over from when he was on Letterman. Yeah, there isn't anything else. Yeah. That's the yeah. only, that's the only, the only one, one you had, Joe. One clip on YouTube. Jesus. Um, he, uh, he, Regis was uh, next to the Ed Sullivan Theater. He was doing something uh, with when Shrek was on Broadway, and he was dressed as Shrek, and he was all painted green. And the <laughs> show had started, and Regis wanted to just stop over. So he stopped over, and he's in the green room. And during the commercial, we ran out. Uh, a bunch of us, and we told Dave that Regis is here. He's in full, he looks like Shrek, like crazy makeup. He's painted green, and we were trying to pitch him ideas on how to bring him out. And Dave's like, "No, no, no, just just bring him out." And I was like, "Okay." And uh, if you pull the clip and look at that, you'll see Regis just coming out dressed in as Shrek. And whatever happened there was completely unplanned, and it was just two guys just playing off each other and talking to each other and laughing at the ridiculousness of that situation. Oh, and that great. was like, like again, completely unscripted. Dave didn't even know what he looked like. We, we gave him some <laughs> of the description. It's not like he saw him. And so nothing was worked out. Nothing was scripted. But it was hilarious. It was just Regis being Regis, but he was painted green. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <laughs> and it, was, it, was, it was amazing. Hey, by the way, Dave's lucky he's got that kid. His son. Dave what? His- Dave's lucky he's got that kid, his son, because if he didn't, he'd be like Regis, where you get out, you're not working, and the next thing you know, you just die. You know what I mean? But yeah. Dave's got his kid, yeah. so he's got something to live for. He's got, uh, well, Regis, ha- Regis has two daughters, and uh, they work in TV, and they're like. Uh, yeah, but the kid's uh, Harry's young, so you still got to be there. You know what I mean? Dude, my kids are young and they don't want me here. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm not retired, but they don't want my kids have figured out. They somehow know what my life insurance policy is, and they have determined that I am worth more to them dead than alive. <laughs> so, you know, so kids are not, that doesn't really mean anything. If anything happens to me, there's definitely foul play. There are times where I look at your Facebook page. By the way, this is Justin Stangle. He's a longtime friend of the show, he was a, a legit friend of Regis's. Um, uh, there are times I look at your Facebook page and I see you and I think he's lost his mind now. You've done something oh, yeah. on there where you've lost. When you were sunning your butthole, that was my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot of conversation about if I was allowed to post that or not. There was like embarrassment between the various children. 
Uh, and then it was like, well, then which social media thing can I put it on? Because for my kids, my kids are like what thirteen, fifteen, something like that, and they uh, all their friends follow me on Instagram. And then yeah. if I post something inappropriate, I get yelled at. I'm like, but it's not my fault. Those kids, I didn't tell them to follow me. I was like, I, I, I'm, I'm a fifty year old man. Yeah. I'm posting a joke. So it's always a negotiation of where this stuff can go. We're the, we're the same way. My son refuses to follow my wife on TikTok. She doesn't post anything. But uh, like mm-hmm. she's not making TikTok dance videos or anything. But he won't he won't associate with her whatsoever on the on the TikTok. So I know how it goes. Really? Yeah. Well, I, I literally get I, like I was on TikTok for uh, I might still be on. I'm not sure, but my kids went on and changed my password, so I cannot <laughs> access it anymore. So they were just embarrassed by whatever I was trying to do on there. Like I was just trying to make fun of the thing, and uh, they were completely embarrassed by me. My favorite pastime is just watching videos on TikTok. Other just beautiful girls from around the world. Dude, I, I see. Uh, how old are your kids now? My son is thirteen, and my daughter is seven. Seven. So I have two girls. I'm fifteen and thirteen. So. Uh, all the girls on TikTok look like uh, like my older daughter's age, so I, I get really creeped out now by looking. Like I was looking at t- TikTok videos like every night just to, before I went to bed. That was that was like what people used to do when they would read a book before bed. Right. I'm looking at like young young people on TikTok, but I got really creeped out because they all look like my daughter, my daughter's age, like that whole group, and I was just I can't look at that stuff anymore. Yeah, I'm not. And at when that your point da- when your daughter gets older, when your daughter gets older, I bet you have the same reaction. I might. Uh, I do react to things differently now that I have a daughter, so I might. But yeah. I'm not. But in the meantime, I'm going to look at as much. Not as I can. yet. Yeah. Not yet. Yeah. So. No, you're fine now. <laughs> uh, Joe did put up Regis as Shrek, and that was hilarious. That was great. Yeah. Yeah. It uh, was hilarious. Uh, Justin, I'm sorry uh, for the loss of your friend Regis, but he certainly uh, the fact that you had a relationship with him and because of you i got to meet him and hang out with him and i had those those yeah. things were awesome those are moments that uh that we'll always have man and you had an impact on him because like he like years later he would say how's cowhead if you talk to <laughs> cowhead and he would still bring you up years later <sighs> uh, but yeah we we were you and i were both very lucky to hang out with the guy yeah, well, I hope everything else uh, gets back to normal so you and your brother can get to work and we could see you guys soon. I'd like to be in your physical presence at some point. Yeah, me too. I'm like in a bunker. I'm like I'm like deep underground somewhere. I'm literally like in a basement now so I don't wake up my family. Oh. Uh, so I'm in like an, an <laughs> underground basement. But yeah, I would like to be out and seeing the sun and hanging out with you again sometime soon. Yeah, I'll tell you. Well, it's great to catch up with you, pal, and uh, I will talk to you soon. Thank you for calling. All right. Love you guys. Love you, Justin. Kiss Eric for us. See you later. It's our friend Justin Stangle. What a good dude. Him and his brother are such great guys, and I'm glad we got to know them over the years. Uh, We must take a break. Yeah, one more clip real quick of Regis. Oh, yeah. I love this one. You're a big hit down there in Tampa, huh? Yeah, well, I guess guess so. We've been on the air. Prime time slot. Guys are driving home from a hard day at at work, and they listen to you. I know. Thank God. We've we've done pretty good here so far. (laughs) I love that. You're a big hit down there in Tampa, (laughs) huh? Huh. Yeah, then he puts a huh on the end. That's what I hear. Uh, All right, we've got to take a break. Yes. We'll play some commercials for you. And then, uh, I don't know, we still got a strong 9 o'clock hour left. We have taken one phone call. Poor Nancy, and her call got cut off in the middle of it. So if you want to get through, get on now. 727-579-1025 or 800-771-1025. It's a mic.
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.